And this is the second of four special edition podcasts I'm running called Curveballs. The usual podcast is Medicine, Magic and Mind, which you can find on Spotify, on Apple and on my website at michellelouise.co.nz. So those of you who've heard the intro podcast, which got released last week, will know that this all came about, this special edition, from a very crazy 12 months that I'm just coming the other side of. Lots of things happened that were almost completely out of my control and sort of had to have a response to them in, you know, normal world day-to-day type situations. And it just got me thinking that this stuff happens to people all the time and it'd be really, really good to be able to share how I came through it, as well as tools that I've learned over the last sort of 18 years working as an osteo and with intuitive medicine and the research that I've done um, and people I've spoken to, just bring it all together because really... We need help in times like this. When things happen that we don't expect and they come out of nowhere, some may say like a curveball, so now you see where the title came from. Um, So the plan for these intro podcasts is just to introduce some things that we don't often always talk about or that aren't always comfortable to speak about. And I just think it's really, really important to get that stuff out there and to give it an airing and to do it with integrity, but to make sure that we're all kind of knowing that it's okay to talk about things. And then it's really important sometimes to sit back from a situation and really analyse it and look at it, observe what happened and go, okay, how might I have contributed to this? How might I be able to get through this better without feeling a victim of my circumstances? And that's a big one. Um, So the second podcast, which this is this one, um, this is going to be um, part of the series, as I said, and this is all to do with heartbreak and trauma yes prepare yourselves it's a goodie if I've been beating around the bush to get into this one um that's why (laughs) now you know why um the next will be relationships and then we've got a women's health one as well coming in the next two weeks so keep your ears out for those there'll be one um every week for the next three weeks so heartbreak and trauma yeah where do you start well I suppose in the fact that I've been working as an osteo for 18 years without always directly realising it, it's something I've been working with with clients for a very, very long time. And when I first started working with clients, trauma to me was like an impact, you know. So you kind of fell over or something, you know, hit you or you, you did your shoulder skiing like so many people do in Queenstown, New Zealand, where I am at right now. Um, or, you know, anything like that, whereas an actual physical force that came into your body. Now... I don't define it just as that anymore. To me, trauma can be anything that creates a disruption. And that very specifically includes emotional trauma too. And this is something that I experienced firsthand in the last 12 months, more specifically than I have before, I would say, although there's been elements of it. But this came through a breakup that I went through at the end of last year um, and a miscarriage that I had a few months before that. And it really got me thinking about a lot of things, but I suppose, and weirdly, the first thing it got me thinking about was, my goodness, what an intense experience that is and how intense life can be sometimes. And it's one thing to hear your clients report to you that they've been through certain things, but quite another to go through something yourself. And it's almost that first-hand understanding that, that brought this forward and made me want to talk about this in more detail. So 
I mean, I don't know anyone I've spoken to who wouldn't say they've been through some form of heartbreak. I mean, relationships obviously is the obvious one that comes first, but heartbreak can come in many forms. You can get heartbreak through family issues, through losing a friend, death. Um, and I remember speaking to a friend of mine not that long ago, and we were actually talking about um, a death of a family member in her treatment, and she was just like, it's actually a relief to know it's okay to talk about this. And that really hit me. I thought that was so powerful because in this kind of Western culture, we don't really deal with death in a way that a lot of our places do. It's almost that you kind of just keep going. Um, and that, look, understanding around that's changing, but my goodness, it's one of those deeply emotional things that we do need to spend time with and process. And the same with heartbreak. It can feel like a loss, you know? And... I think the first thing that really struck me when I was going through these times was, first of all, how important it is to have good people around you. My goodness, I was fortunate. My family, my very, very amazing friends, my dog, and myself, randomly, because I've kind of got to that point with knowing and understanding myself that I'm really happy with who I am and I'm happy in my body, and that matters. When you're going through something like this, it matters. I also gave myself permission to fall to pieces. I did it in a controlled way, but you have to, whatever it is, cry it out, work it out. Like There's some situations that you can't really bypass, you have to sit in the emotions of, and I would actually say that that's true for most things if you want you know, the honest truth from that. But uh, just thinking back to that time at the end of last year particularly, but you know, continuing bits and pieces now, I would say that's fair, that, it's actually hard to get the words out about this. It's, it's interesting talking about it out loud. It just, it's so different to other things that you go through when something, you know, either hits you unexpectedly or out of nowhere, or it's just something that, you know, you, you had no control over. That's a very different kind of emotion, kind of energy. And I think a lot of the problems, well actually no, I don't think I know a lot of the problems that I see on the treatment table these days are related to events that have happened in people's lives and that haven't really been able to be processed. Um, you know, our physical bodies are carriers of things that we haven't worked through. And I didn't realise that for a long time as an osteo until I started to see and learn from the people who kind of walked through my door and laid on the table and told me their stories. And I watched their body respond as they told me their stories. And then that's what gave me the realisation that I needed to do the same for myself, understand what my body was telling me when I was going through things. It's a powerful conversation to have, but when you're very much in touch with those things, and even when you're not, heartbreak is a very, very traumatic thing, a very difficult thing to come through. And that's why we have thousands and millions of songs <laughs> written about it and poems, and it's honestly, it's at the root of so much creativity, poetry, books, um, I got very creative during this period of time, um, wrote poems, wrote songs, um, all sorts of things. And it really, really helped being able to express in words and write down how I was feeling. One of those poems actually got picked up by a publisher. So there you go. It's not all bad, is it? <laughs> but um, you've got to look at the positives in this. And that's the other point. Like, even in the midst of the worst moments, I tried desperately to find the positives and one of the big positives for me was the support of my family 
um, and how incredible my friends were, like honestly. And if you're any of those people listening, thank you from the bottom of my heart because we don't need to and it's really hard to do this on your own. Um, and that's really key. We don't get used to asking for help, but my God, you need to. You know, I work in the medical profession. You know, I, I study a lot of psychology. You know, I, this is the stuff I, I teach. But that doesn't mean that I'm a master of anything and it doesn't mean I bypass my emotions. There's times as human beings when you're going to be dumped in the shit and you kind of just have to sit there. And I had a moment that like that, or several moments, several months of moments. Um, and it's, you know, it's still there seven months down the line. There's still those moments when I find myself sad or it pulls me into a sort of a dark space. But I know what to do when I get there. And if I get into that moment and I'm really struggling to do the things I need to do for myself, I just don't get on my own case about it. You know, there's no real manual for this human experience, is there? And I think sometimes we just have to sit with it, trust and know that the next moment will be better. And I think that's what got me through that, my sense of humour and um, gin. <laughs> only at the beginning. I'm only... <laughs> A um, couple of gins at the beginning. I'm not really a drinker, to be fair. But you know, now and again, it helped. I'm just not. I'm not recommending that as a situation, <laughs> as a, a resolution. But uh, I'm going to be truthful. And um, God, and I think that the other thing that I really realised with the situation is that any of my old trigger patterns became very exacerbated during this heightened emotional period. So let me give you an example of what I mean. So. I think I mentioned in the first podcast that I had a tendency, particularly as a child, but it followed me into adulthood of trying to be a people pleaser and for things to be calm and everything to be okay. And then what I experienced was the exact opposite to okay and the exact opposite to calm. And it really affected me, not just from the emotional space, but also from like, oh my God, this has all gone wrong. And the first, one of the first things I looked at, you know, was did I do something wrong here? Ironically, in this particular breakup in this situation, I knew that wasn't true. Um, I was able to observe a situation and although I was emotionally pulled into it, I could see the parts unfolding. And that might sound like a weird thing to say um, because how are you not involved in a breakup when there's two people? But I think one of the things I've realized is that people will make up their own stories. And sometimes when people have been through stuff, that story is going to have to play out how they expect it to and not necessarily how it is. Um, and by that I mean sometimes we will create the results that we're expecting to come. And if you're on the receiving end of this kind of behaviour or situation, there is no validation for you there, um, unfortunately. And that's the situation I found myself in. There's no validation for myself there. I can't have a conversation and be like, but can't you see my side? Because that there that doesn't exist and that was another hard thing for me trying to overcome that emotion and that that situation knowing that I'd probably never get a true hearing and that actually the best case scenario for me in this situation was to walk away and just cut contact which had already been cut off anyway but just to accept that and be like no that's that's the situation um I have to leave it where it lies and find peace within myself Sounds great in theory. Been a right pain in the ass, honestly. Yeah, it's it's so good to know one thing, but doing it in practice is quite another. And it's been tricky. There's moments, often, less often, 
but where you find yourself in a situation and you're just like the frustration's huge and you're like but I just need to be heard I need to justify myself and feel heard and like this is so unfair and I've been left and you know what it might be maybe it is unfair but guess what tough shit chances are you're not going to get a chance to vindicate that or vindicate yourself or to hear be heard and hear from the person's mouth that oh yes no it was that's not going to happen most of the time so what we end up having to do is to look at ourselves the emotions we're having give ourselves some space to do what we need to do and exercise and movement for me has been fundamental in kind of overcoming this so so important as i said writing and creative stuff too some lovely dark poems there's been some goodies just just so powerful for me because as i said recovering people pleaser i never really gave myself the opportunity to write or feel those emotions i was always like oh it must be it must be my fault or i must have done something wrong or whatever but no it's been a really powerful time of allowing that creative creative side to come out actually and it's actually revealed to me that this is really a big part of who i am as a child, I was extremely creative, always writing, and that kind of disappeared as an adult. So I guess if you want to take one positive from the situation of I've refound that side of myself, and I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, being able to find gratitude and gold moments in the black is incredibly difficult, but so powerful. And just to sort of say there, that's not to bypass the other emotions. You know, I'm fully aware of all the other bits and pieces that I've worked through and the bits that remain but you have to have some balance with that and my balance is how much more creative I've been since the event and um, just it's been part of my healing if you want the truth and it's been an extremely powerful version of that being able to sing write all of that stuff so I can highly encourage it um, even if you don't think you're creative it's really powerful um with the trauma side of things, and look, I've put heartbreak and trauma together for a reason, because of course it is a traumatic thing to go through, um, and heartbreak doesn't just have to be a relationship, right? As I said, it can be the loss of someone dearly loved. Uh, it can be, and um, that never really goes, does it? I mean, especially kind of if it happened suddenly under other circumstances, or it's someone you dearly loved who are no longer here. That's so difficult, and it changes you forever, it absolutely does. I suppose the way that I've tried to make peace with those sort of things and having talked to a lot of people who've lost very, very close people to them. Often, by the way, can I just say, hard to understand if you haven't lost someone very, very close and dear to you. And I've been very fortunate that, you know, as an adult, I haven't lost many people who are close to me and I'm very, very grateful for that. But some people have. And it's almost being able to talk about it and talk about them and keep them alive in some way and just being able to deal with the grief now this is where it all kind of links together because whatever emotion you're feeling inevitably there are going to be triggers like I said earlier from unresolved things from the past or the emotion might feel similar to something you felt before and if you, that stuff hasn't been worked through it's going to be amplified and this stuff can build and layer upon each other it's quite frightening actually and I'm convinced that a lot of the mental health issues we have these days are well, a variety of reasons, but one is not being able to have a healthy space in which to discuss and deal with traumatic situations. Um, and we end up holding it physically. That's just what happens. And, you know, that's a good way to sometimes just switch off from your body. You know, it's I've seen it time and time again. And, you know, with some of those clients, I've said to them, you know, what can you feel what's happening in your left arm? And they're like, no. 
like they can't they can't feel anything that's happening in their bodies and it'd be a good time to ask yourself the question are you aware of when emotions arise within you and how they feel and which body part they're in and things like that that's really important because that's a really quick and easy way to start to spot patterns that occur with trauma and with heartbreak and with emotions in general not just those two big big things just to start to spot patterns and be like wow because your body will hold you know a a response pattern if you like or a looping pattern and it may not you may not like mindfully kind of think oh well that's linked to this or that or the other this is one event and that's a separate event your body might well think they're linked in terms of you feel the same way and that can be really really illuminating for starting to unpick some of your history and understanding why you think and act the way you do how is your body linking these things do you feel the same about them and if so why what's the root underneath look that's a big um that's a big kind of I suppose, situation in order to be able to look at those things and make those connections. And we will be doing more work and podcasts and all sorts of stuff on the website about this because it's been a fundamental piece of how I manage myself in emotional and physical situations is trying to seek to understand what else is available, where else this is coming from rather than the event that's in front of me. And that's not to take away from the event that's in front of you. Like It's really, really important to be able to deal with that and work through that. But just having an awareness about what else might be contributing and if you you know what you are there experiencing is a layer of stuff that actually hasn't been dealt with it's not easy to do the dealing either is it like to deal with this stuff it's sometimes really incredibly hard but if we leave it and we don't do anything with it I can promise you it's not gone anywhere it's still there somewhere and that's not healthy at all and that doesn't mean to say you have to talk about it over and over and over, but maybe you can write some stuff or maybe you can kind of use how you feel and sort of get out and exercise a bit as well. Like it's a multifactorial, multi-layered process. Um, and, you know, it's quite possible to be creative without engaging with the emotions and dealing, dealing with them in any other way. You know, there's ways of, you know, bypassing things and giving them some kind of channel. But what I've learnt... And I, you know, I was doing this prior to this last 12 months, but this last 12 months has really highlighted to me how valuable that work is because it actually really kind of saved me, if you want the truth. And knowing myself and my responses, I could work out when my body was linking things together that my mind wasn't and vice versa. Um, and that's not to say I handled this perfectly. Trust me, there were meltdowns upon meltdowns, but that's OK. You know, that's that's OK. Sometimes you have to just let that go and, you know, have a big cry or collapse on the floor or I think I just laid on my carpet for an hour once. That was quite nice. And it, we don't have to pretend that we're okay when we're not. But also, they get to a point with dealing with this stuff where actually dwelling is not useful as well. We need to move on. So it's quite a complex series of events really where... Knowing yourself to begin with is quite helpful, but if you don't know yourself, there's nothing like a good heartbreak or trauma or the loss of someone beloved to you that's going to bring that to the surface. And if we're going to bring anything positive, or I don't want to say positive, but anything useful or something to energy to move forward from these events, then it's going to be understanding ourselves better and knowing how you know we can continue on without feeling pulled back by the event all the time. And Again, easier said than done. Trust me, I know that as well. But I just thought it was really important to discuss this, really, and just say, well, you know what? We have to give these things a try, and we have to be there for each other. But we also have to be honest. And when we're not okay, we have to know we're not okay. And if we don't know what to do with for ourselves and with ourselves in that moment, then we need to look for help.
and as I said, I did during my um during the breakup and during the loss of the baby, I um I did see a psychologist. I actually think that's quite important. I actually see um someone at least three times a year. I think it's really important for my mental health, especially working with other people. I want to make sure that I'm in a healthy headspace so that I'm not projecting my stuff onto other people, which is easier said than done, of course, but I think it's just a really important thing to know yourself really well and to know when you're operating from a healthy space to work with people and when you're not. Um, so that's that's been a big part, but I increased the, um, the visits obviously during that time because I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't starting to create stories in my head and that I wasn't, you know, going to a place where I was suppressing anything. Just Just having that support and someone who can have that professional framework, I find that really helpful because emotions can be a very scattered thing and I think sometimes some structure around them is really, really helpful. Well, it was for me anyway. Um, so, yeah. So that's podcast two. I guess I could have gone a lot further with this and we will in the future. These This series is just designed to create an introduction as to how I kind of handled things and how I've observed other people handling them in the past and the good, the bad and the ugly of that. But Obviously, if there's any feedback, let me know. Um, there'll be another one of these next week on curveballs. Um, hopefully no more curveballs crop up in the meantime. Otherwise, it's going to be a much longer podcast series than anticipated. But there you go. That's life, isn't it? <laughs> but thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can catch the um, the intro to this if you haven't heard it on michellelouise.co.nz on Spotify or on Apple. Um, and I'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.